Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all, Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist. Hi, Sai, everybody, and welcome back to Chop Talk. I'm your host, Nate England. Wherever you listen to the show, please write a review and give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to check out pictures from this week's show on Facebook and join the conversation on Twitter. Ezra Scott from James McLean's Kosho School of Karate in Nashville joins us this week to discuss Cobra Kai, the new Karate Kids series on YouTube Red. There's been a ton of talk about this show on podcasts and websites, but we wanted to give you a Karate Guy's perspective on the show. And by the way, if you haven't seen the show yet, there will be spoilers immediately. So you might want to check out at least the first couple of episodes before you listen. And the first two episodes are available for free on YouTube Red. Also, if you want to hear our review of the Karate Kid movies, just head back one episode to episode 66. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hey, we got each other. Okay. Ready to ride? I'm ready. Sorry about that, man. My, um... My audio settings, it's something's going on. I didn't like my microphone, but now we're ready and we're recording, so it's good to go. Ready to go. Cobra Kai, uh, never die. That's right. Hey, speaking of which, th- th- can you see what I'm I wearing? S- you're damn straight I can see it. Hell yeah. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, never die. <laughs> Strike first. All right, man. So, uh, you know, in in last week's episode, we talked, uh, we went over in quite a bit of detail their original Karate Kid trilogy. Um, uh, We're not denying that the next Karate Kid exists. Uh, I just didn't have the willpower to watch it. That's kind of like a flat earth thing where you're just like, it doesn't even exist. Like, there is no Jaden Smith. You know, well, no, 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 no. That no. So that one, that one doesn't exist. But that's I'm not talking about further. I'm talking about the the the. I wasn't even thinking about. That's how much it didn't exist. I wasn't even thinking about the Will Smith, Jaden Smith version. I was okay. thinking about the um, the Hillary Swank uh, Who? V- version. What? Who? The Million Dollar Baby version. Who are you talking about? There's something about a there's something about an eagle or a hawk in it is what I remember. <laughs> That's all I know. But it, yeah. but anyway, man. So um, I, I tell you what the the whole the the new Karate Kid TV show it kind of took me by surprise. I had heard some rumor about it a while ago. I was like, ah oh, man, they're gonna mess this up just like they did the the Will Smith thing and, and, and or the uh, Jaden Smith thing. And so I didn't even pay attention to it. I was just disappointed, yeah. but I didn't even know the name when I, when I went to look it up because I started hearing about this and that 
on the internet on uh, the uh, the podcast. I went to look it up. I didn't even have the name right. I didn't realize that the name was Cobra Kai. I thought it was going to be like Karate Kid 2018 or something. So I'll let you start this one. What did you think? Man, loved it. <laughs> loved it. First off, first off, I just want to start by saying Cobra Kai never die. And strike first. <laughs> which is the realest self-defense um, advice that you're going to get from any of these TV shows. I really like that that part of yeah. it, and it puts it a little bit more in the light that I think that that should be. Because, see, in the first yeah. one, they were leaning real hard on the whole there's no first strike in karate doe principle type thing, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I understand that, and that is a complex concept that doesn't necessarily mean just exactly right. what it says. It can be interpreted in different ways. And I, I totally understand that. Right. But that said, when you start looking, you know, any anybody who's been in a lot of fights that gives you advice about fighting mm-hmm. tells you preemptive striking is where it's at. It's like when you're you're in a conflict with somebody and you can tell that they're going to hurt you Hit them yeah. first. Hit them while they're running their mouth. Strike first and strike hard. Yeah. Like we are taught in the Kosho school of karate. That's <laughs> right. always what I was taught by Mr. McLean and Mr. Awad is you got to hit really hard. You may not necessarily mm. hit first, but you got to hit really hard in real yeah. life. Because in real life, it's not a tournament, you know. Um, yeah. Also, Mr. McLean used to always say, in real life, there's not a block. And he didn't say that you don't ever use blocks, mm-hmm. but what he meant is generally speaking, you know, we run a series in Shuriru, a series of uh, waza called Epon, where most of the first ones, they all start with a high block. Mm-hmm. And Mr. McLean used to always say in real life, that part is the part that you probably wouldn't do. That high yeah. block would be a jab to the face, or you just throw the kick first. You don't throw the, the block and then the the strike so i like that about cobra kai yeah that they're teaching preemptive striking i feel like it's a more even though the karate they're doing in the show is still you know pretty goofy a la the old movies uh, right they are at least talking about some legit self-defense concepts yeah you know so i really like that and of course i just love sensei lawrence he's he's very a very familiar character to me in karate yeah Um, likes to drink beer he's pretty ornery of course, mildly racist, but not, but not in a really offensive way. You know, more in sort of right. an old-fashioned way. You know, he's kind of sexist. <laughs> he's setting his, he's setting his ways. That's right. He's kind of sexist, but if the girl is tough enough, then he'll train him. You know, yeah. that's a, something that I've seen a lot. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he he uh, he values competence and tenacity yeah. in his students, yeah. and that's what he's trying to trying to get them to be tough. And he doesn't really do a lot of the bullying. He seems to have had some uh, had some introspection about what all happened to him. And he's not shooting the students in the exact same way as his sensei did. Not entire, not entirely though. Not so, entirely. So, but so, so let, let me ju- let me jump in here. So first off, okay. I was I was very pleasantly surprised with with this show um like i said i had not looked into it much going into it i was fearing the worst and 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 really um you know the character of johnny johnny lawrence he's 
the main character of this show, I would say. It's not yeah. it's not Daniel LaRusso and there's no Miyagi character and it's not even the the kid that uh, Johnny winds up training. It really is Johnny. I think the show mm-hmm. opens with him and it's and it's his journey and I there's a lot that he's doing that that I can relate to and I think a lot of karate guys um can relate to. So um you know for example you brought up the bullying thing. So when he does wind up getting all these students, he is still sort of verbally you know bullying them which you know like like you mentioned in last week's episode you know we've heard tale uh, of that happening in karate schools without calling out names um and so that is a real thing maybe not to the i was going to say maybe not to the extreme that he does it but maybe to the extreme that he does it or maybe he's not oh yeah I, well cuz yeah. i mean i think for the most part that character is being He's kind of being a little. I mean, it's it's pretty extreme, but he's being funny about it. It's a little bit more like uh, locker room humor, more than it is just. It's more football coach than it is just really running the people down. You know. Yes. At yes. least as far as you know, that's how it feels it felt like to me. You know, it's like he's yeah. at least trying to be funny with me. He's trying to get some laughs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right, and you know, the. You know, one of the lines was, um, you know, I'm going to teach you the way that I was taught, the Cobra Kai way, something along, something along those mm-hmm. lines. And, you know, that's very true. You know, this guy learned karate from, uh, you know, from the Crease character. John Crease, yeah. Who, you know, like you were talking about, was pretty dang good at karate, but had these other personal uh, foibles and a lot of that got put into Johnny even though he has he sort of has you know come to terms with that you know at uh you know I'm looking for I'm looking for my quote here that uh let me let me find this cuz I like this you know uh it was later on in the show I think episode 9 where he you know he was talking to Daniel and he said you know I had my karate teacher break my trophy in half and try to kill me and so that's a pretty extreme thing. So you can see why he left. And in the show, he left after that. And you know, if we go back to the you know the shitty Karate Kid three, you know, Kreese no had no no more students. But there's still a lot of that left in the way that Johnny teaches because he learned that from his teacher. He had it seems like had taken thirty years off of karate before he started, you know, training or teaching again and training again. Um, yeah, and like a like a, like a lot of people, I think he's sort of trying to sort out uh, what to keep and what to get rid of from his yes. upbringing. And I think that that's a kind of a, that's kind of a growing up story that everybody can relate to. That you know, it's like yes, we learn a lot of we learn a lot of things. I mean, in life, but also, I mean, I I can really see it like in karate. That I mean, all my martial arts teachers, I feel like I have learned what to do from them. Yeah. And I also have learned what not to do to some extent because, yep. you know, when you're in there in class, you and, and that's how it should be. You shouldn't necessarily talk to them about it because they're over there doing the best they can to teach you. So you don't want to it's rude to just come up to your teacher and criticize them. Well, I think you should you shouldn't do this this way, you know. Right. But right. Uh, at the same time, you have to kind of quietly observe and think about what is it about this that I like and don't like? 
you know, maybe the, mm-hmm. your teacher uh, hits the students like really hard. And looking back on it, it's like, yeah, that may be tough, but it was really was kind of excessive. Yeah. And so you want to do some of that with your student, but not so much. Or, you know, maybe my student or my teacher lectured a whole lot and sometimes it was too much. And I want to make sure that when I'm teaching class, I don't talk too much. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. And that's kind of how we get to be, especially for teachers. That's how we get to be good teachers is thinking about the the good that our that our teacher did for us. And then also maybe the places where they didn't do so great because none of our teachers are actually Mr. Miyagi. They're all just people. Right. That have, you know, good and bad qualities, you know. Yeah. Mr. Chris taught it, Johnny to be tough, but he also abused him. And so he's kind of right. grappling with that. And now let me jump in here. Mr. Miyagi wasn't Mr. Miyagi. I I, I mean, all, all these guys, and it's some, that that's another thing that um, you know they're kind of coming to terms with in the show. And I think karate guys can relate to is, um, you know, we you know a few weeks ago uh, we had Louis Martin on the show talking about sort of this uh, you know cultism where the teacher is you know in and on high and infallible. Well, you know, Mr. Miyagi is maybe the the model of the perfect karate sensei but man dude had his problems you yeah, know he had problems too that's right he had a drinking uh, problem to some extent yeah he was he was you know depressed uh he had these issues with his you know his wife and his child dying he had you know issues with his you know unresolved issues with his father who was back in okinawa and, and yep. the, the drinking the drinking obviously and so he wasn't perfect that's true. That's um, and, a good point. And, and so that's another important thing that you know. There's that I think you can see through Johnny is look. You know, the guy he learned from wasn't a perfect person, but he taught him pretty good karate. Yep. And, and I think you know, you and I both know guys and trained with guys that it's like, look, man, they're not perfect people. They got problems, and yep. they've been involved in some shit that. You know, maybe you and I don't approve of or don't like, but there's this other part of them um, where they do karate pretty darn good. And, yep. and but sometimes it's tough, and I think Johnny's going through that in the show, trying to trying to pull that apart. And you know, where does one stop and where does the other start? And and, and it's, it's difficult to kind of to separate some of those things. <laughs> Looking for a way to gain an edge on the competition? Want to give your body some much-needed relief and relaxation? Try Medical Resort ATAC, Okinawa's specialists in sports therapy and wellness care. ATAC offers customizable massage therapy. Try their oxygen chamber to increase metabolism, reduce fatigue, and promote faster recovery from injuries. Take their stretching course to increase flexibility and release muscle fatigue. ATAC also offers special courses in static and thermal therapy, foot therapy, and head therapy. Or try a session of ATAC's latest offering, acupuncture therapy, with their fully licensed acupuncture therapist. Want to find out more? ATAC is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Stop into their center located at 12830 Oroku in Naha City, Okinawa. Call 098-859-1890 or visit them on the web at www.a-tac.net. That's www. .a-tac.net Staff is fluent in English, Portuguese, Spanish, and Japanese.
Now, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about here is how much of this are we giving away? Are we we're we're assuming that everybody oh, who's listening to this podcast has seen Cobra Kai, right? Uh, spoilers. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, yeah, I guess we I can guess just we, talk about whatever. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, let, let's talk about let's talk about whatever. Um, okay, I, I'll put something in the in the opening for the show saying that that's like okay. we get into spoilers immediately. So you know you're gonna that's right. You know we're <laughs> nitpicking we're nitpicking details. So yeah, that's a good that's a good point. What do you think about Daniel? Where he was and how and Daniel and both Daniel and Johnny and how these where these characters were now compared to thirty years ago. Uh, in the main, well, I guess movies. the 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 thing that it seems like it's dealing with a lot, or like the theme that it's dealing with this theme of Daniel at the beginning of it was kind of an underdog. He's this little scrawny kid from Jersey that moves to California with his mom, and he doesn't know anybody. You know, and he's he it has to contend with these bigger, stronger kids who mm-hmm. do this really hard style of karate and, you know, develop his character and everything. And uh, I think it's a accurate thing that the way that Mr. Miyagi is teaching him karate, as opposed to the way that Kreese is teaching karate, it's a, a slower road towards self-defense. Mm-hmm. But that whole dough way, you know, cause Mr. Miyagi is definitely like in the way, you know, he's a karate dough guy. Right. And, uh, he's teaching Daniel to have strong root and all this kind of things like this. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that has paid off dividends for Daniel LaRusso. He now has LaRusso auto group. He's successful. Right. He's got a family, you know, he's has a beautiful wife and two children and everything like this. Right. Where, you know, Johnny, he learned the karate jitsu where he got to, you know, learn how to really kick ass really early on. Mm-hmm. But the dough part was not there. You know, the, 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 the Cobra Kai dough is kind of the strike first, strike hard. Like, and he teaches some of that to his students too. He, it's not like he right. is without that. Like he also is kind of trying to channel some of it into life lessons, but yeah. the life lessons are very like kind of over the top and like right. aggressive and stuff like that. And clearly have not served him really well uh, in his life because he's kind of a loser, you know, he's a, Right, handyman. He's estranged. His mom's gone, and he's estranged from this awful guy that was his stepdad. You know, mm-hmm. and he's just really having a hard time. You know, so so the the script is kind of flipped as far as who you're rooting for. You're not really rooting for right. Daniel as much anymore. No, because Daniel is is he's the big winner. You know, and he's really yeah. cool. Where where Johnny, you kind of you're like you're rooting for him because it's like man, this guy's got to get his, his shit together here. Once yeah. he's you know yeah, he's, he's, and you're and you're rooting against good, you know, and you're kind of rooting against Daniel because he's still kind of a a dick, you know. Well, he's a little douchey, isn't he? he yeah, is. If you he's go if you dick. go back if you go back to Karate Kid one, he's he's the one who got everything going by putting the hose in the in the toilet while uh, Johnny was just trying to take a shit. Uh, that's what started that's the right. whole rivalry back up again, and then he went and stole the tree in Karate Kid three. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, he, he kind of started a little trouble in Karate Kid 2 when he busted up that guy's uh, vegetable-selling uh, racket. <laughs> and, and so he's always a little little, little bit of a troublemaker. And you, and you saw that, too, where um, in, in this one where he's, uh, you know, he, he gets Johnny's rent raised. Um, uh-huh. He tries to keep him blackballed from the tournament. He does. He does. And it really makes you not like him. You know, yeah. it really makes you like, ah, oh, man, what a wimp, you know, just fight yeah. him, you know? 
Right. But but that that being said, that's a a that is absolutely traditional karate where you keep grudges for th- 30 and 40 years and, and try to that's take right. it out on on these guys in in petty petty ways, you know, long after <laughs> long after everything should have been dropped. Yeah, it's very realistic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You know, even the Miyagi uh, Sato thing in Karate Kid 2 where these guys 50 years on still hated each other's guts for some uh, minor shit. You know, that's totally, that's traditional karate, yeah. folks. Karate, that's, karate vendettas. Yeah. The only the only difference, I think, would be where, um, in, in the, you know, they he tried to keep uh, the Cobra Kai, you know, out of the tournament. I'm assuming, I'm assuming Daniel was funding a good chunk of the tournament through the auto dealership. And the only difference is, I, I think if he would have pulled the funding, they could have actually kept the karate Kai, the 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 Cobra Kai's out. You know, oh, I think they would have actually yeah. kept them out. I think it's unrealistic that they would have been, been allowed any, in the that tournament. That would have been no fun. You know, I think my one of my favorite li- or my favorite line from the from the show was was in the first episode where you know Johnny said. You know, the kid was asking, "Oh, is that MMA or is that Taekwondo or what is this?" And he goes, uh-huh. "No, it's it's old school karate." <laughs> old school karate. Old yep. school karate. And uh, that was one of my uh, that was probably my favorite line from the show. You know, because they're that's kind of what they were doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where they're where they're they're tough. You know, he told the kids that they don't have any of these bullshit allergies, and you know, he was going to be very rough on them but it was kind of for their own good uh yeah and that's that's sort of part of the millennial connection and i think that that's actually a part of it that is is really realistic as far as what i've seen uh, especially well for me i've seen it more in jujitsu just because the karate groups that i train with or the group that i train with in nashville is just a few adult men is more of a private group you know mm-hmm. and i'm not exposed to being around a lot of younger people in that I'm exposed to right. that more in jiu-jitsu, but I've noticed that a lot that there's a lot of millennials that are very sort of aware that they are kind of, you know, not so tough maybe, and they want to be, you know, they, mm. they're they aware of that. It's not like they don't know, and they're just all wimps, and they don't want to try anything, and all this kind of stuff. They're, a lot of those guys are very aware of that and want to do things that are hard and want to be tough, you know, and develop that, and a lot of them understand that martial arts is a way they can do that. I thought that part was was kind of realistic, you know. I I I guess so. You know, I I I mean, I've seen a lot where the parents, you know, the parents are just coddling and protecting the kids so much. And you saw a little bit about what was the oh, I'm sorry, what was the younger boy's main character, Miguel? No, mm-hmm. Miguel. Yep, Miguel. You know, where his mother didn't want him doing uh, karate or martial arts or anything like That's right. that. Where you saw this coddling, and I, I, I think that's very true. But the grandma and, and that, wasn't into that. The grandma thought that sucked. <laughs> the grandma wanted right. him to fight and be tough. Right. Which, which but the, I mean, that so, shows sort of the generational uh, difference, which, which I think is is accurate. And the parents protect. Even, even now in the news, you've got, well. You know, you, in the news this week, has been the, the the guy who his parents evicted him, and he was thirty years old. Now that I think there's, um, I think the the guy has some pretty clear uh, psychological problems. 
uh, involved with that. But I mean, that's a that's a big problem now where these a lot of people can't depend on or can't. What's the word I want to? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they don't have self reliance. Um, yeah. They can't. I mean, and that's going to cause psychological problems in and of itself. You know, when you're not raised to be able to deal with any sort of hardship. Right. And that's a, you know, and I think that I'm not sure 100% about this, but uh, it's something I've thought about a lot lately and have probably been misquoting to all sorts of different people. Uh, but uh, I think it's Descartes. Okay. Said He was a you know philosopher. He said that um, in the future, hardship will be very valuable like financially valuable, like hard, difficult opportunities. There's a, you know, pretty, well, it was a long time ago that he said it, but mm-hmm. I think he could see kind of the direction that we're going. That is technology gets better and better. The right. world gets softer and softer to the point where human beings kind of become like these blobs, you know? And it's like, you really yeah. need these and you see it a lot right now with um, a lot of these different uh, sort of breakthroughs that people are having with, uh, nutrition in terms of like uh, fasting has become this really big thing because people are realizing mm-hmm. that that is kind of a way that you can reset your your gut bacteria is by not eating. Go figure. Right. Right. You know that that is not actually a healthy thing for human beings. You know, for hundreds of thousands of years, humans did not eat constantly. And yeah, so you kill the woolly mammoth, you now, gorged yourself, and then. Yeah, here, here in the here in the only the last little while, everybody thinks they're supposed to eat five times a day. Well, your body can't really deal with that that well, and it's probably where a lot of our like autoimmune problems and stuff are coming from. You know, you also yeah. see like a lot of popularity now with things like hot yoga. You know, that's yeah. uh, like really it, it's extremely difficult. I mean, that is not right. an easy thing to do, but people do yeah. it, and then once they do it, they realize like, wow, when I get done doing this really hard thing. I feel great, you know, right. and that kind of stuff has become a lot more popular. Hopefully, you know, we can do that same thing with karate. I think karate kind of, for a variety of reasons, sort of got a bad name in the media. So it's not like the popular it thing right now. Yeah. But, you know, I think that that probably will come back around too, where people will start to realize like, oh, hey, this is a, a cool thing, you know, way that I can make myself stronger. Yes. Well, it's, it's interesting because in a lot of ways you can point your finger at the Karate Kid movie, the first movie specifically, and you know the sequels to a lesser degree, of really starting the kidification of karate. Um, so you know, in the seventies, um, you know, the there was a, you know, at, you know, at a certain point, you know, Taekwondo was Korean karate, and there wasn't much difference. But in the seventies, sure. they really started focusing more on the. The customer service aspect, signing up younger students, you know, sort of smoothing it out. Where a lot of the karate guys, you know, look look down on that. I mean, even today, you know, people have asked. I was like, oh, how, how, you know, how are you getting these students signed up? It's like, you know, well, you know, you know, just you know, have a little bit of customer service. Be there, you know, be there and have the school unlocked when you're supposed to have classes. <laughs> Be there and have the school unlocked when you're supposed to have classes, and just and then and people look at me disgusted. It's like customer service, you know. Why would you be nice to these? I was like, because I want students, you know. And yeah. we can work, we can work hard once we're in class, but you don't have to be, 
you know, you don't have to make them, you know, sit in formal kneeling in front of the dojo for three days like it's a Shaolin monastery, you know. Yeah, well, they're um, not going to do it. Right. But with <laughs> the, with, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. And with the Karate Kid movie, that's, I believe, it created this big rush in karate, but it also created a rush where people wanted to sign up their kids. And the teachers started catering more towards the kids and softening the programs because they thought, people couldn't handle it and i think that sort of went down and led to you know some of the the problems where you where you know now people are, oh, oh i'm doing karate oh okay well you know my nephew's a six degree black belt and he's uh, five years old it's exactly like, man it's not the same thing people think of it as a sort of wimpy baby child care thing instead of what you and i know it as which is a fighting art you know yeah abs- way absolutely of, way I mean, of toughening yourself and making you a stronger person you know, I've had people come to the dojo and say, you know, I want to sign up my two-year-old. It's like, he can't, the kid is in a stroller, he can't walk yet. He's wearing a, he's wearing a diaper, he can't talk, how am I going to teach him karate? But, on the flip side, where I think we can, I don't want to, yeah, we can blame uh, the first movie for that, in a lot of ways, the the new show, the Cobra Kai show, now is sort of flipping it around, where you're seeing some of this you know, old school karate uh, with Johnny trying to toughen up these kids and Daniel kind of trying to soften everybody up. So it's interesting how it started one trend. And look how it worked out for Daniel LaRusso. Daniel LaRusso's son is a fat turd. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with that in the next season. No, he is. He's a fat little worm and he sucks. He has no discipline. He talks to his parents. He's really rude to his parents. He yeah. demands everything. He threatens them. He's horrible. He's like a monster. It's really interesting. I that yeah. that part actually mm. was a little confusing to me. That like, mm-hmm. how is it that Daniel's daughter is really kind of a badass chick? You know, I mean, even though like she's not really training a lot when the show first starts, yeah, she has this experience of being a a, a, a kid that's like good at karate and clearly has right. trained a lot with her dad and everything. And it shows more or less in her behavior. I mean, she gets gets a little misguided in so much as that she's, uh, you know, hanging out with these uh, kind of, you know, popular girls. But that's a normal thing yeah. for a person. Yeah. She's pretty and rich, and yeah. so you can see how that is. And you can tell she has problems with it. And it is going to figure it out and go back to her real friends. Yeah. But uh, but then, so how is it that the boy is just so horrible? But it's like he, the boy, needs Sensei Lawrence real bad. Yeah. The boy, the little boy needs to go to Cobra Kai. That's where he needs to be. He doesn't yeah, need Miyagi Do. He needs Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ezra, that's a real that's a real good point. And I and I hadn't I hadn't thought about it in those terms. But you know, so in the show, Mr. Miyagi's passed away, and he died in about 2011. And I think they noted somewhere that that Daniel hadn't done karate in ten years, so give or take 2010. That's right. So that's and that kid, the younger boy, was I don't know how old, not, well not ten, but twelve ish. Oh, okay, years yeah, yeah. old. So it would have been right around after Mr. Miyagi died that he was born. So Daniel kind of hasn't been doing karate, and maybe yeah. that's why the kid sucks so bad. Yeah, where where the older daughter had started that and had that tradition, and but the younger boy hadn't done any of it, and his dad hadn't done any of it. Um, but it's also interesting that. I, you know, I, I saw that because I've seen it in the real world where when the sensei passes away, the student, a lot of the students stop training. It's sort of the end of yeah. that, that motivation. Um, that's true. And that's kind of what Daniel did. Uh, and that's, 
I've seen it. You've seen it. Um, it, but then there's a, that this missing part of your life. So he was, you know, when he was starting to act like a douche and to do some of these petty things uh, to Johnny and, and his personal life, you know, kind of getting back to working out and training uh, helped. And I've seen that happen in real life where there, it really it really is an important part of your life no matter how much you've done it, whether you've done it for, you know, a few months when you were, you know, when you were a kid or much longer, you know, for decades like, you know, like you or me. Uh, it becomes a part of your life and it kind of sticks with you. Yep, that's right. That's right. And it's something that is, karate is a practice. And it's not something that you did once long ago. It's something that you do each day. Yeah. And that's yeah. the always the best karate people are the people who have the most grasp on that. That like, you have to make this part of your life and actually do it. It's not just something that like you can do it and then you have the effect of it. There's a little bit of that. Right. But really, the real karate is about the training. Yes, it's about doing it one day at a time. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not about getting to a certain point, whether that's black belt or some other goal, checking that yeah. box, and then then walking away. Um, that's yeah. you're missing something if that's if that's the way that you're training. It's making it making it a part of your life, um, and the routine of it, training every day, or not, not you know. Okay, the average person is going to train every day, but you know, a, ru- a routine. Multiple times a week. We'll put it Mul- that way. Okay, yeah. well, that's good. Hey, everybody. Nate here. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about our sponsor, the Snack Nanny. The Snack Nanny is the latest, greatest spill-proof bowl. It's the first snack bowl for kids with a self-closing door. The Snack Nanny allows kids to snack freely without overeating, keeps kids entertained, and prevents them from creating a mess for mom and dad to clean up. Kids and parents love the Snack Nanny. It's easy to use. Easy to clean and includes portion control features that only the Snack Nanny offers. To order, go to www.snacknanny.com or order from Amazon. Remember, you support our sponsors and they support us. Thanks and Nihei Debut. You know, I mentioned earlier that the, the tournament in this one, I was with the whole show up until the tournament. <laughs> the tournament was super goofy, wasn't it? The last episode. <laughs> I was with I was I was on board. You know Johnny's kid, the guy who played Johnny's kid. Um, I I didn't like him as much as you know some of the other the other characters. He reminded me of um, I forgot what the what the guy's name what the, he was he was some teen heartthrob in the nineties with the long hair. It was like a young Johnny Depp. I could have done without him. Uh, and this weird motivation where he's going to get revenge on his dad by learning karate from Daniel. I guess they had to set up some sort of conflict. They had to do that. something, yeah. Anyway, but the tournament the tournament is when it got off. I was on board and some of the licenses, you know, the creative licenses they took with it. But then all of a sudden, they get to this tournament and all these kids who've been training for, if they started when school started and now at the tournaments in the spring, six months, they're all they're all black belts. There's a black belt. There's only one black belt division. People are doing backflips and jumps. Um, again, they they have this major budget for this karate tournament, where they no they, pads, they, no pads. They don't wear pads. Nope, no safety pads. I, you know, I can again, I can give them that for the creative license, the movie. Okay, all right. But some of this other stuff, some of this other stuff is 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 ridiculous. Pretty silly. They, they needed, they needed like an actual karate creative consultant, 
again, Ezra and I are available. That's right. Uh, just, just give us a call. And, extre- and extremely handsome. That's true. Yeah, we're, we're movie star handsome. material. Um, and some of the other details also along with the show, you know, um, they showed at the Cobra Kai dojo multiple times, you know, people are wandering around with their shoes on. In the, yeah. in in the middle in the middle of the dojo, which wouldn't happen. Um, there was one time where they had, I think, the kid, the Miguel kid, bow before he came in, and I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of what would happen. But other times, everyone's just like stomping around with their shoot with their waffle stompers on, and it's like, come on, you know? Didn't you have anybody on set that could kind of? Tell you that's not. Yeah, it seemed do. like it seemed like they maybe were knew even less about karate in this show, you know, than in the other yeah. one. Yeah. Although it was pretty grim in the other ones too, but it seemed like this one was like even, even less. Is you know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I will I, say at least Johnny seems like he knows how to punch and kick relatively hard. Yeah. He, he seems <laughs> like out of everybody in the whole thing, Johnny seems like probably he probably took the most celebrity karate lessons out of everybody you know i i would agree with that in the in the fight scene in the beginning you can tell it it was him and he had some decent yeah, yeah. kicks and threw some decent punches yeah. and he looked you know he looked good um but then when it comes to the training it, it's like when they're putting this together i mean it's clear that nobody knows how karate people actually actually train yeah it, 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 no, the thing the, where they're the, shooting the baseballs at the kid and stuff like that is what like, is what this? in the hell are you doing? <laughs> they're running around a junkyard and, and and it was or or you have one guy in the middle and then everybody jumps him and attacks him and you fight these guys. Yeah, it's pretty the, ridiculous. The cult in the whole series. So in the in the TV show it had nothing to do with what karate training actually looks like. The closest thing was if you go back to like the first Karate Kid, they had the group of Cobra Kai guys when Daniel and Miyagi first yeah. go in the dojo, and they're lined up and they're working their pun- their punches and the kicks. And I think they even did a little sparring session. That's more mm-hmm. like what the training is yeah. actually going to be like, not whatever weird yeah. shit is going on here. And yeah. and I'd rather have a kid with a goofy lip than that stupid mohawk. <laughs> lip. <laughs> I don't care about someone's lip. But these aggressive piercings and shitty tattoos and purple mohawks, that that I would make fun of somebody for. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to show how that's how they're like way too they're they're going too far over the top with the the meanness of of Cobra Kai. You know that they need to to get into the way there. Right. It's kind of and kind of heavy and sort of heavy handed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely heavy handed. Um, so that that was that was too much. I so no, I I liked it in general. But the, the tournament also, the tournament had an advertisement in Black Belt magazine. How far off has Black Belt magazine fallen that they have to they have to resort to have to publishing ads for local tournaments, full page ads. Black Belt magazine. <laughs> what are you? What's? What are you talking about, Nate? What's Black Belt Magazine? Yeah, I guess. I guess nobody even. Maybe that's, they have because that's some nobody kind of martial. Anymore. Is that some kind of martial arts thing or something? Yeah, it must be. I didn't even know anybody had magazines anymore. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the issue. <laughs> 
Sensei so. Lawrence would still want to read a magazine, though, and he wants everybody to listen to good music, which I really appreciate. Yeah. They were listening to something. He's like, what in the hell are you listening to? You know, whatever stupid shit it was. He's like, why don't you listen to some Guns N' Roses? You know? Of course, yeah. the kid didn't know who Guns N' Roses were, but. Right. Well, that, I think that was a nice way to tie in some of that, you know, that sort of that 80s That's che- right. cheese that was, in, especially especially in the first one where you had the, the pop songs and things. Um, it was a good a way of tying car. that back in. His and the same, and the, and the same car from the first movie. He was right. still driving the same car. Uh, I thought that was that was a good that was okay. That was a good touch, but it was a little again. It was a little bit much that this guy never got a never got a car. He was a contractor. He probably should have got a pickup truck at some point so he could store some lumber and his tools when he went to you know hang up uh, rich ladies' TVs. That's right. Oh man. I like that he drank Coors. That made me really happy. I feel like that was a good shout-out to Mr. Hammond. Yes. Uh, for those of you that don't know, our, uh, since they, Dave Hammond uh, is a real real big on Coors. He really, the Coors is his favorite beer. Yeah. So I enjoyed absolutely. it that since they Lawrence, <laughs> they must have had some product placement there with since they Lawrence, yeah. that that would be like the type of beer that he would like is Coors. Yeah. He's trying to hit it was the a- mountains. They, they did obviously did their research on, you know, karate beers, you know. That would that's that right. it. This is Mike Tarvin of Tarvin Plumbing Company. You may have heard me answering questions as a plumbing expert on the Gary Sullivan Show over the years. I'm here today to make you aware of our company. We perform plumbing repairs of all types. We've been in business since 1907 through five generations of family members. That's 109 years of providing top quality workmanship and outstanding service. If you're having issues with leaks, stoppages, water heaters, fixtures, or piping, we're here to help. Spring rains may be taking a toll on your sump pump. To help out, ask us about our summer sump pump special. We can inspect the existing pump and replace it if necessary for a special summer price. We can also inspect or add a battery backup and other devices for extra security to keep you high and dry. We offer you peace of mind for your plumbing system with reliable, trustworthy service backed by years of experience. Tarvin Plumbing is a Cincinnati company with an appreciation of the wide range of plumbing challenges this city offers. So if you or someone you know has a need for plumbing repairs of any type, please think of us at Tarvin Plumbing. You can reach us at tarvinplumbing.com. That's tarvinplumbing.com. Thank you. Overall, overall, I liked it. Um, I, I think if they had stepped up, they had got some consultants. You know, there's clearly no... In the movies, Fumio Demaro was on set, so you could go to him and he could say yes or no on some things. And again, especially in number two, there was a lot of detail, a lot of attention paid to detail about the the set design, the set dressing, the music, the uh, the wardrobe. And I I would love to see because there's obviously going to be a season two. They set it up for that. I would love to see that stepped up. Uh, in the sh- in the show, um, mm-hmm. because I think for especially that- now that Sensei John Kreese is coming back, yeah, absolutely. So, so I I think that's where a lot of now, actual. Go ahead. Here's something I I wanted to bring this up about Sensei John Kreese. All right. So okay, so I was watching three the other day, catching up on that, mm-hmm. and uh, talking about Karate Kid three, right, and. Uh, it just blew me away how just over the top evil they had him be. I mean, him and the silver, yeah. the sensei silver guy. Yeah. The, the scene where they get Daniel in the dojo. 
and they're like kicking his ass and beating him up and making fun of him and like saying all this mean stuff to him. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just preposterous. Like nobody yeah. is that evil. I mean, they're like they even are like almost doing like an evil laugh, like Wah-ha-ha-ha. right. And I know and- that at the end of this show, when John Kreese comes and he's got the cigar, he does mm-hmm. it. He does the Wah-ha-ha-ha thing. So it's like, okay, so how is it that now in the new show are they? Get, I want, I'm hoping that just like just like the way they've done with this new one and compared to the movies, they're showing a little bit more of the gray area of the characters that like, it's yes. like, yes, like Ralph Macho was the good guy in the first one, but he's kind of a douche to some extent. And like, yes, you know, Johnny might've been a jerk in the first one, but now you kind of see like a little bit more of maybe why he was acting like that and how, what his view of the things were. Absolutely. So what is that was one of my favorite with, that was one of my John favorite Chris? parts Hold on. That's one of my favorite parts is when they did this whole montage where everything was from Johnny's perspective. Yeah. And you can see it both ways. So I, yeah. I just wanted to jump in there. But go, but go ahead about oh, yeah. the, the John Kreese. Yeah, that was all, all I was going to say about like John Kreese is it's like in the, in the movie, more than any of the other characters, he was just this absurd 80s negative caricature of a Vietnam vet, which is a sad hmm. thing in our culture that we – like really vilified Vietnam vets in or, or we didn't do it, but like Hollywood really vilified Vietnam vets in the eighties. Every once in a while, there'd be one like Rambo or Chuck Norris in an action yeah. movie that was a Vietnam vet that was a good guy. But for the most part, these guys were all painted as either just like psychos or losers or drug addicts and like all this stuff. And it's just like really shitty because here's all these people who got drafted to go and fight for their country in albeit a really crappy conflict that we probably shouldn't have been in. But, you know, now I think a lot of people, we see Vietnam veterans way more in the correct light of like that. There are, you know, people who are worthy of our praise and our, um, our, uh, gratitude, especially, you know, for Mm -hmm. their service. And so are they still going to have John Kreese just be this totally evil guy? Or are they going to maybe show some of like why he's acting like how he is? I don't know how they would do it. Yeah. Because you would have to kind of fundamentally change the character because his character is just so just stupidly evil. I mean, just right. it's just silly. It's like nobody's right. that bad, you know? Right, right. It, it, another thing in three is you you call that when they were in the dojo and they're being up. When Daniel went to the dojo in three, those guys were were waiting in the dojo with the lights off, yeah. and Daniel shows up in the middle of the night, and then Kreese comes out. And then Silver comes out, and then the the young guy they had hired comes out. What are they doing in the dojo in the middle of the night, just hanging out back there? I, I uh, maybe I, I I don't maybe some sex stuff going on there. Or something? <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty weird. They made they just I made them all so, so creepy. And like you were saying about the um the the, uh, the the Sensei Silver guy, they made him be like a. Like, he had been, like, you know, illegally disposing of nuclear waste. It's like, come on. I mean, this is just yeah. so... Yeah. And the John Kreese character was almost stupider and more one-dimensional than him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that character was more fleshed out than... The, I mean, the John Kreese character is not fleshed out. He's just an asshole. Only. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what are they going to do with that? I mean, it's like, I'm sure... I know that it's going to be a thing of, like... Johnny will probably fall under his sway again, and then he'll have to see his way out of it. I, that's, know, what it's, that's what it's going to be. That's what it has to be. Johnny will end up teaching karate together or something, which is yeah. good because that'll be like what it should actually be. 
the yeah. internal and external martial arts because they both have. Yeah. And you know, I wanted to say that too because I was saying earlier about the whole the whole thing of uh, the preemptive striking being the real martial arts and all that. And it's like it, that's a that's a nuanced thing as well because it's like I feel like both hard hard style and in or hard external martial arts and internal martial arts have lots of things that are good for self-defense yeah. it's just probably yeah. the external hard style martial arts are a much faster and more realistic way to teach people how to defend themselves because generally speaking in real fighting real fighting you're just doing it to them Real fighting right. is not something you do with somebody else. It's something you do to them, <laughs> you right. know? And so it's faster. But I'm not trying to say that internal martial arts don't have good self-defense because they no. absolutely do, you know? Well, well I, I think we could probably do a whole show on on that concept sure. of the karate, what is it, the karate ni sentinashi, where there's, you know, no first strike in karate or the, second, the karate second yes, strike sir. only, where you can get into, A, the mechanics of it, uh, or be the sort of the philosophy of it where what is the first strike is the first guy strike somebody taking a swipe at you or the, is the first strike a guy telling you he's going to kill you and you better hit him before he does um and 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 that's and that's been debated for i, I don't know at least 100 years cuz Motobu and Funakoshi were talking about it in their books yeah they were debating it back then yeah and probably the before origi- the before original that. Mr. Miyagi and John Kreese. <laughs> right, right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, all right, man. So, any other uh, closing thoughts on Cobra Kai? Man, let me see. I don't think so. I think we mostly covered it. I just can't wait to see what's going to happen next. You know. Yeah. And I just really, I really, my favorite thing about it is that they just paint a much more realistic picture of those guys. Instead of just having it be just this archetype of this good, you know, karate people in the white geese versus the bad karate people in the black geese. It's like, no, it's a way more nuanced thing than that. And both of them have a lot of things to offer. Both of them are are valuable and and can have value in, in somebody's life, you know, and can be good for kids and adults, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So I I enjoyed it. I really liked the way they flipped it around and made Johnny the main character uh, and showed both sides. And and like you were saying, sort of the the gray area between the two. Um, What I would like to see in season two is just stepping up on that level of realism, maybe get somebody who is in the martial arts as a consultant um, so that people that people like you and me are are. You know, we see that they've got the details correct because I, I think, I mean, just making well, the show, just they're that trying. They're trying. That they're trying. Yes. Yeah, because I don't, I don't expect it to be perfect, and I think it's okay no. for it to be a little goofy. But it's like, hey guys, let's like give it a little bit more of a shot here. Right. Just try a little harder. Like realize that karate is not just some made up stupid shit on a TV show. It is a real thing. Yes. You know. Absolutely. But you get a little bit of that with Johnny because they show people stuff like that you know so, say that one more because I see all these sort of karate depictions of karate on TV and movies and none of them ever look like what we've learned from Sensei Wad you know <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it, you know it, it would be good to see something a little bit more 
realistic. So the training be look more like what actual karate training is like. And, and again, just an effort for the details. Like in Karate Kid 2, I get that the set design was because somebody had a Japanese architecture book. But I appreciated that they had a Goya uh, at, at the farmer's market. You, yep. you know, and the same thing here. Have the guys take their shoes off when they're in the dojo. Um, have them have them practice doing some punches and kicks, or some katas, or maybe some sparring drills, instead of you know having one guy punch somebody else in the in the face for no reason. L- l- just exactly. And I think it's I think they can make the whole show better if they just add that one extra layer of uh, of detail. Well, I'm sure they're listening to Chop Talk, and they'll mm-hmm. make a correction. Uh, I'm expecting the call any any time. Call or email. You know, drop us a line uh, on the uh, the Facebook Chop Talk Facebook page, uh, Twitter. Uh, you know, shoot me an email, uh, Chop Talk with Nate England at gmail dot com, uh, or track us down at the dojo and tell us what assholes we are. You know, either that's way. right. And, and <laughs> I mean, I think we should close it up. By just reminding people of a few things. First of all, is that when a man stands in front of you and confronts you, he's your enemy. <laughs> An enemy deserves no mercy. Second of all, strike first and strike hard. Mm-hmm. Third off, Cobra Kai, never die. Never die. And, and third, I'm going to see if I can get a uh, body bag sponsor uh, for, right. uh, for Chop Dog. <laughs> get him a body bag, Nathan! <laughs> All right, pal. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time. Sorry about the technical difficulties earlier. But, oh, it's uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always fun, man. We'll do it again. Right. And look forward to hearing what, what people have to say about this, how stupid we are, and uh, what all we got wrong and everything. All right. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. Okay, cool. Bye. That's all for this week's show. I think we gave you all the contact info at the end of the show, except for one. If you want to find out more about Ezra Scott, please visit www.koshokarate.wordpress.com. Also, check out pictures from this week's show on Facebook, join in the conversation on Twitter, and let Ezra and I know what we missed. And if you own a body bag distributorship, please hit me up for advertising rates. Cobra Guy Never Dies, Nihidibiru, and Mataya. everyone like the show enjoy hearing interviews with martial artists from around the world and share it with a friend family member co-worker everyone at your dojo your fellow karate cop you can find new episodes every sunday at choptalk.podbean.com that's choptalk.podbean.com and don't forget to like the show on facebook thanks Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all, Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. 
Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist. Thank you.